This is Pressed, a podcast about democracy and the media. I'm your host, Mary Quintus. Previously on Pressed, we've touched on polarization, discourse across political lines, and how news consumption might affect each of these. In this episode, we'll consider how the following idea might give us some insight into those issues. We should think about the process of thought and the process of reasoning not as something that goes on inside an individual head, but something that happens between people. That's Stephen Sloman. He's a professor of cognitive, psychological, and linguistic sciences at Brown University. And this concept that thinking is communal informs much of his research. So before we get into how he believes communal thinking impacts the way we navigate political issues, let's get a handle on the basic theory. Sloman says that because the world is complex, no one individual can fully comprehend it. Instead, each of us can only develop certain areas of expertise. So we each have our tiny little specialization, right? I may be the cook, and someone else may be the butcher, and somebody else is the carpenter. And for everything else outside of our expertise? We depend on others for our knowledge. We outsource. Right? We let our politicians and our judges do much of our thinking for us. We certainly let our doctors do a lot of our thinking for us. And he says that because we depend on others for much of our knowledge... Our very processes of thought, our processes of reason, our cognition is something that's communal. Humans evolved to collaborate with other people. Right? We, when we were hunting or gathering or farming or building kayaks or even today building iPhones or going to the moon, everything is a collaboration. So I think we're simply made to depend on the reasoning, opinions, beliefs, and attitudes of others. That is, it's a necessary feature of being human. And he's come to an interesting conclusion about a consequence of communal thinking. We don't understand things as well as we think we do. So the reason I think I understand things better than, in fact, I do is because I confuse other people's understanding with my understanding. Sloman conducted an experiment which showed that... Simply telling people that other people understand makes people think that they understand a little more. So we told people via questionnaires that, for instance, legislators were considering a new policy, say, um, increasing the amount of money spent on highways. And that's all we would tell them. They're considering this policy. It's about how much money should be spent on highways. One group of people, we say, researchers don't yet understand what the effect of this new policy will be. Second group, we say, researchers do understand what the effect of the policy will be. So we're not giving any information about the policy per se. We're just saying a set of people don't understand how it works or do understand how it works. And then we say, how well do you understand how this policy would work? And what happens is that when they hear that researchers do understand how the policy works, then they feel they understand a little more. And he says that our tendency to believe we understand something merely because someone else allegedly understands something affects how we form our opinions and or justify our opinions about the political world. So let's think about the implication of this, right? If I feel I understand why Hillary is crooked because the people around me tell me they understand why Hillary is crooked, 
But the people around me only think they understand because the people around them think they understand why Hillary is crooked, etc. You can have an entire community that feels they understand even though nobody actually understands. In that sense, our beliefs aren't always based on data. They're merely based on opinion supported by the sense that the people around you understand. So in our current state of apparent polarization, Sloman says we've essentially split into two groups of communal thinking. So we have these two minds kind of gel, right? These two different perspectives because the communities that supported each of these different perspectives were really just talking to one another and shaping opinions that contrasted as much as possible with the opinions on the other side. And he thinks that these opinions are informed by contrasting narratives, especially about Trump. For example, a narrative that a lot of Trump supporters seem to subscribe to is... Donald Trump is a businessman. And if you believe that, then that provides the means to explain a lot of data, right? Where he got his wealth and how good he should be able to be at making deals and his power as an executive... On the other side, people might believe that Donald Trump is a con man. And that narrative can explain why he's done things that some people consider illegal, how he's managed to, you know, subvert the law and convince people of things that simply aren't true, why it is that he doesn't seem to care about the truth. And Sloman believes that while these narratives may have some truth to them... The media has a habit of feeding one or the other of these narratives. These narratives were to a large degree developed by the media. So if conflicting narratives are feeding polarization, if they're informing the communal thinking of these separate groups, and if the news media helped to develop these narratives, then the news media is partly responsible for polarization. And one of the ways a person in the media might appeal to a certain narrative is to deliver or react to information in an emotional or passionate way. And Sloman says that when a presenter or commentator does this... They're telling us what our response should be. And the reason this can be effective ties back to the concept of communal thinking, specifically our tendency to rely on the knowledge and opinions of others. So human beings have a habit of outsourcing our cognitive problems. And what happens with the news often is, these days, is that the news anchor is telling us what an appropriate emotional reaction would be. And maybe as a result, we have that reaction. And that reaction can make us feel closer to our political community, especially if we're consuming media that's meant to appeal to our particular ideology. And Sloman says we're hardwired to want that sense of closeness. Our dopamine systems, right, that is the system in our brain that's responsible for reward, that system clearly cares a lot about our social groupings, our sense of affiliation. So, you know, in the boldest terms, I think what's happening when we get riled up watching the news is that our dopamine system is rewarding us for feeling close to our community, But at the same time, the way we do that is by contrasting ourselves with the other, with people who have different views. So 
If the media is perpetuating polarization by feeding certain narratives, instructing us how to respond emotionally to information, and rewarding our dopamine systems by making us feel more bonded with one community and more distant from another, what should the news media do to instead contribute to the health of our democracy? Sloman thinks that the press should focus on policies and what the consequences of those policies might be. That is, let's really think about the causality that's operative in this world so that instead of thinking about who we hate, which is something that's happening all the time in politics today, we're thinking about how to make things better. And what can we as individuals do to try to make things better, to try to improve our society? Sloman thinks a big part of the answer is constructive discourse across political lines. And in order to do this, he says we need to acknowledge that the world is really complex and we shouldn't, therefore, be so confident in our attitudes about things. If we could do that, then we could talk more easily to people from the other side because we wouldn't resent them and disrespect them so much. And it would also give us room to talk about solutions. What does that mean? It means that just as he thinks the news media should focus on policies and their potential consequences, our discussion should likewise focus on... Actual policies and what they will lead to. Let, let me give an example. Let's think about Obamacare. Healthcare in this country is incredibly complicated. And in fact, the Affordable Health Care Act is a 20,000-page document, right? I'd like to say even Obama doesn't understand Obamacare. It's just too complicated. But we all think we do. Right? On one side, we think it means universal health care. Well, it doesn't only mean that. It actually means many, many things, right? The other side thinks it means government control over our bodies. Well, it doesn't mean that either. So there's actually a lot for the two sides to talk about, right? What are all of its various stipulations and regulations? What motivated them? What would their effect be? Could we improve it? If that were the focus of our conversation, then we both would be conversing to a common end, and we would appreciate how little we know. And on top of all that, we'd learn something. You know, there's a lot of common ground among people in this country. We all want the country to be richer. We all want the country to be fairer. We all want peace, love, and happiness. And so if we could focus on how to achieve those things, then I think we could have a much more productive conversation. Thanks to Stephen Sloman, and thanks to John Bender from The Public's Radio for conducting this episode's interview. Pressed is produced by me, Mary Quintus, the Rhode Island Council for the Humanities, and The Public's Radio. This podcast is part of the Democracy and the Informed Citizen Initiative administered by the Federation of State Humanities Councils. The initiative seeks to deepen the public's knowledge and appreciation of the vital connections between democracy, the humanities, and journalism. Thanks to the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation for their generous support of this initiative and the Pulitzer Prizes for their partnership.